0: What can I do to share what I have and make someone else better? If I can take another individual and if they're willing to work with me a little bit, not show them how the good martial arts they can be, my biggest thing, thrill is I can get, okay, I'm gonna show you just how good you can be.
1: Hi, this is Mick Tully, and this is Mick's Martial Arts. This week, we are in for an absolute treat. It's my friend Joe Madrid from the Minnesota Kali Group. When you sit back and you listen to the show, you'll find out just how long this guy's been around for. And I'm not gonna say how old Joe is, but let's put it this way. If he was a fine wine, he'd cost a few bucks and that's per glass, not the bottle. You know, if you can imagine a very, very stylish Mr. Miyagi, that's the sort of guy Joe Madrid is. You know, he's been around the block, he's trained longer than most of us have been alive and he still has the enthusiasm today than when he first started. You're really gonna enjoy this show because I really enjoyed speaking to him.
0: uh, Hi, my name is Joe Madrid. I'm an instructor here at uh, Minnesota College Group, uh, central headquarters here in Minneapolis. And I
1: am here doing mixed martial arts. Thanks a lot, Joe. Welcome to the show, man. So Joe, first thing, I always gotta ask the first question is, when did you get started in martial arts? and why did you get started in martial arts? Wow,
0: that goes back a ways. Uh, 1975, uh, western town, Laramie, Wyoming. I got started back then, essentially, as a kid in early 20s, out of boredom almost. There was nothing to do out there. The group, it's a a country, or a cow country, and unless you're into ranching and that kind of a thing, uh, there weren't a lot of other alternatives. So I ended up doing martial arts because somebody told me about this martial arts instructor doing a system called the Temiwaza, Japanese yeah. martial art. And uh, I started doing it, and it was clumsy as hell, but uh, I kind of liked it. Plus my Japanese culture and heritage, it, it kind of uh, kind of brought the two together. So that right. was
1: really cool. Yeah, and then, so now, 1975, and year 2015, mm-hmm. what keeps you training? 40 years later it's like I've gone through I'd say eight
0: eight or nine systems and all each and every one I kind of, it was either at my instructor's assistance or even my own choice, I started over again. So each time I did it was like white belt, white belt. And then I further on when I started joining here heard about this instructor uh, name of Guru Dan Asanto, who every time he joined the system, he himself would insist i'm starting out in the beginning like any other student would he wouldn't be offered the uh, well i know this and i know that and uh, like i've heard other stories from other martial artists and uh, that's just not me so and anyway i kept on going because each and every time i got a better appreciate for martial arts and then when i joined Mar- uh, joined minnesota collie group that appreciation for all the different arts kind of coalesced into uh, not only appreciation but I could do something and enjoy it because I enjoy it, I keep coming back for more. I know there's other martial artists who will do it because they're so serious about it. And then they go so intense in the workouts and just growl. you know. By the end they're just their nerves are frazzled because uh, they're just so intense into the workouts. Yeah. And they walk away just exhausted and I said, No, that's not me. What I want is I wanna do a workout. I wanna come back and Man, that was awesome.
1: I want to do it again yeah that, that's that's the thing arts. that's the thing a little bit of background i met joe geez it's got to be 10 maybe 11 years ago now yeah. And joe was one of the first guys uh that i actually met and took a class he took a class on a friday morning and walked us through and uh yeah he's a gent he's a great guy i love him i think he's brilliant brilliant guy brilliant martial artist and uh you're one of the one of the only people that i would look at and say when you do martial arts that the functionality really doesn't mean an awful lot, yeah. Like it'd be a byproduct if anything, right?
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It, I, yeah, that's what I mean. The functionality is going to come from experimentation. One of the things I also learned, picked up, is uh, one of uh, Bruce Lee's famous: "Absorb what is useful, discard what is useless." If I try to, do some of my classes attributes training. Some person comes in weighing three hundred fifty pounds, six foot eight, and everything else. Well, his attributes are going to be totally different than the guy who's like five six, weighs one thirty. So, yeah. okay, an attributes space class is, okay, I'm going to use these kind of things for you to use, power, uh, body weight, everything else. Smaller guy, okay, we're going to work on working angles, leveraging, timing, and that kind of stuff, which is a bit better suited for you. So the functionality comes as, okay, we're going to experiment a little bit. Does this work for you? Well, okay, that's what you're going to be using to make it functional. Power kicks, power hits from a guy who weighs 130, probably not too functional, so there's going to be different things that you can do, soft target shots, eyes and balls, and so on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, so yeah, functionality is essentially going to be specific to the person who is uh, using whatever art
1: works for him. That's it, so what are your favorite arts? Uh,
0: You know, uh, out of all the ones, well, Minnesota College Group is the one that offers the broadest spectrum of different arts. All the other previous ones, it was one art and one art only, back then in the 70s and 80s you learn from one instructor, you would not dare go to another instructor. That's yeah. It. So it's one art and you don't go. And then I start coming here, all of a sudden I'm finding other instructors telling me about these other instructors. And uh, one of Guru's things, he would generally, literally tell his students, you should go seek this person out and so on. Mm. And that's kind of thing. But uh, I'll do it myself. Uh, my favorites are the Filipino arts. It suits my attributes, Yeah. Uh, the leveraging, the angling off to for a better attack position or so on like that. Whereas Muay Thai, I love the condition. I love the cardio. I love the aggressiveness in Muay Thai. But as far as my mentality, I, I, I am just not a banger. Yeah. I think where Muay Thai built kick the leg and then wait the other person kicks the leg back and then kick the leg back and that kind of thing whereas in kali you sector off you go for a soft target you dis you uh, dislocate a joint and then you follow up that kind yeah, of thing so yeah yeah like. it's beautiful
1: yeah that that's the thing i what i really like about i really like about kali is you really have to start thinking about stuff and it's it's the it, it is the 360 art isn't it it's not oh, yeah. just it's not really, it's not really just mano a mano, you know, you've got to take all these different factors in and you have to have a more, uh, you have to have a more intellectual approach mm-hmm. to your training, that's the thing, right?
0: That routes and motions thing is why I really follow and everything else like that because in a traditional class, you have a certain structure, A, B, C, D. You learn A, B, C, D, A, B, C, yeah. D. And then you go to another sequence, it's gonna be H, J, I, K, or that kind of stuff. So yes. very much segmented, very much confined and everything else like that. In Kali, you learn A, B, C, but then what if this guy throws something else? Well, then you learn another sequence. And if he throws something else, you learn another sequence or something like that. So you're not learning separate sequences. You're learning different things in flow in answer to different things that might happen to you. So I like that kind of methodology. It's like, okay, oh, what happens here? Oh I, could, oh, I know. I could do this. Yeah, yeah that stuff. So it's, a a it's
1: a shame we're not filming this because Joe's a very dynamic individual. And when he's talking, talk you, can see, you can see him <laughs> doing stuff, yeah. You don't mind me asking Joe, how old are you? Damn.
0: Um, next month, I'm going to be
1: 64. Wow. If you guys, uh, if you guys could see him. First of all, um, out of everybody that I've interviewed Joe's probably got the he's got probably the best head of hair out of uh, <laughs> most, my, most martial artists that seem to we all end up to get bored I tell him I look
0: better in dim light, so that
1: helps out <laughs> <too>. <laughs> no but like, you're a great advert for long, the longevity of martial arts How, yeah realistically speaking obviously I know the answer to this because we follow Danny in Osanto oh, yeah. but, uh, but until they put the lid on the box you'll always be training right
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's what has kept me, I wouldn't say youthful looking, but it's kept my energy with me. It's made, it kept me more mobile. I've seen guys in their 50s and that kind of thing who just have desk jobs, office jobs. And they are stiff and they've got aches and pains and everything else like that. And the martial arts has kept me mobile and cardio conditioning and everything else. So, yeah, uh, they asked me, how, could, how do you look so young? I said, well, okay, i got a magic formula. It's called martial arts training flexibility, strength, cardio,
1: but it's all there. That's it. So where's the furthest you've traveled in martial arts? In the, in the, and bear, bear in mind, guys, when you're listening to this, when you're in America, these guys think nothing of a 10 hour road trip in a car to go somewhere, whereas I jump on a plane and everyone thinks that I've traveled really far. <laughs> I've only done the, There's guys who have traveled lo, that longer in terms of time to get to Minneapolis because by, by, yeah, this place is so vast. Yeah. So, what, what's the furthest you've been?
0: You know what? I don't usually travel that much. It has to do with that very specific reason. I, when I first came here, I didn't know too much about Rick Faye and everything else like that. And through the years, I, I did know that he had a kind of a notoriety outside of this gym. Yeah. But then I get people like yourself and then uh, people come in from other overseas and they come in and they say, Boy, you must be so lucky that you're, tra- that you're actually working and training in the gym with, with Rick Faye. Yeah. So I'm getting this notoriety of just how much of an influence he has overseas and here I am working with him Taking classes from him on a daily basis, yeah. so it's almost as yeah, I could travel this eight-hour trip or ten-hour trip and so on, and uh, and these other instructors, or I could just stay here and work out with the same instructor that everybody keeps telling me about. Yeah, it, so, it,
1: it yeah. was a, it was a, actually it was a bit of a loaded question because some of the guys ask the question and they'll say, and it was a, Joe's answered it perfectly for me. Uh, you, you know, everything you need is literally on your doorstep. You know, it's you know you only have to look into the next room. It is, and yeah, and this is a guy. Yeah, Rick's famously, uh, people have used this term, and they're, they're, it always amuses me. The seminar trained. Remember the generation that you were seminar trained. Mm-hmm. If you didn't live in LA, then you were one of these seminar trained guys. Uh, me personally, I thought that was great because everything that we can claim in the UK is from seminar trained guys. You know, Rick Faye, Terry, uh, sorry, Rick Young, here, Terry Barnett, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, you go there and you'll, you'll come back. And maybe when you've gone there, you've, you've made loads and loads and loads, but only maybe mm-hmm. six drills have stuck with you. Mm-hmm. And then you relentlessly hammer away at those drills. And then when you come back, and the beauty with the carly is, because everything starts, it's so interlinked, and it really takes on a lot, an organic life of its own, that you only need the fundamentals, And then you can expand out of that game, right? Yeah, you
0: know what, exactly, that thing. So there's only a certain core number of techniques that that Rick and maybe even the the Filipino systems use, but the range of what they do with that core techniques and how many other elements they bring in with it, and all of a sudden you see... Yeah, that looks almost like this other thing, but it's this other approach, or these other follow-ups, and these other finishes, and stuff like that, and all based upon certain segments that you might have learned years ago, and all you're doing just keeps building and building on it.
1: Yeah, that's it, that's it. So, right, you've touched on on it where you've said that you've seen some guys, you know, younger than you, and they lead, like, sedentary lifestyles, Yeah. but then, just for me, say, for want of a better word, uh, a psychological aspect... How much? We've seen this change people's lives dramatically Mm -hmm. for the better, right? It's like sometimes you have to look at it. You you can't even you can't even fathom just how powerful this can be, you know. But instead, I always say that uh, I I can give you Prozac in the form of tie pads. Yeah, yeah. come (laughs) come and train, right? And you've seen you've seen this happen, right? Yeah, you've seen this happen. And personal experience: has it helped you? Uh, oh, for my
0: own personal... Yeah. Oh yeah, I took on this new position and it's more desk job and it's a lot more pressure. I have certain, there's expectations of results that I must uh, uh, essentially achieve to, and so on. So after a nine hour shift, uh, there's times where I'm just literally so fried and I will come to these workouts, I'm sure a lot of people do, they'll come to these workouts after a good, hard, just kick-ass day at the office and just totally exhausted. And then they come the uh, come here and do a workout, and they actually have more energy leaving the gym than when they enter the gym, and I think just because of the, the stress that it relieved and the the uh, efforts that they put into it, and they're able to focus on something else other than this, some sort of job that they had to do or uh, uh, some program that needed to be finished, something like that. I, so uh, yeah, it, it it helps them physiologically, and the mental stress that it helps to alleviate mm-hmm. is incredible. I I've literally seen people walk out of here. Uh, with more energy walking out than they
1: had coming <laughs> yeah. back. And that's after like an hour and a half workout, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll that be doing one crazy. time
0: coming back. They'll leave with smiles on their faces.
1: That's it. Sure. So what about if there was one art that you haven't trained in, Yeah, what would what would, what would you like to do? You know, probably some sort of uh, weapons-based art because that's what I
0: love about the Kali is it's it has a very functional, very, for me, a stylistic type of an empty hand System to it. Uh, yeah. The movements very cyclic, very fluid, and so on, like that. So, if you had to try anything, I would really like to do some sort of uh, weapons based art. Yeah? Yeah. Something where I do a lot of motions with it, uh, not to the point where it becomes tricky with a weapon, say like bow form, yeah. whether you're spinning it around their neck and that kind of a thing, which is really cool, but it's it's like uh, the thing you might have like seen years and years, it still is now. You combine gymnastics with martial arts it looks fancy and everything else like that but the core system is not there so I want I would want something with a weapons base that uh, uh, looks good very stylistic but I can see some
1: functionality yeah 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 you, you've hit on something though um, I quite like when you know a lot of especially a lot of real traditional martial arts or guys of you know say our generation you know that where yeah, we believed in the art, we believed in the style, you mm-hmm. know. And then after a while, you realise that the art and the style is great, but you need to have, a, a, you know, a good proponent behind it as well, you know. So you need to put the time in. But when I see, especially children's martial arts, oh I yeah,
0: hate it. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah?
1: so tell me your views on that.
0: Um, I grew, one of the systems when I first year moved to Minnesota is I joined a uh, uh, well, no, not nothing but a Taekwondo school, which very much steer this direction towards little kids, yeah. okay? And this is a ongoing problem with me from a philosophical standpoint as to which is more important, the art or the student, yeah. you know? And you have a lot of, martial arts schools that their primary consideration is their martial, their, their martial arts or their as their business. Yeah. And I know, I can totally understand, their business has to grow, they got to make money. In order to do that, they've got to tend to the needs of those people who are paying the bills. Yes. And a lot of it has to do with kids. And because the parents are paying the money, I want, to pay, I want this kid to be, you know, learn the martial arts. No, they don't want them. They just want their, they're paying their kids to get a black belt. Yeah, you know? exactly. So they end up getting, spending two, three years signing a contract. They get a black belt at age five, and so on, and everything else. Are functionally, yeah, they're they're good martial arts in that they know uh, uh, they know the forms, they know the requirements of each and every belt, and they yeah. successfully completed all these necessary requirements, and so on. As far as a five year old black belt, uh, I've seen a lot of posters on Facebook about these kind of things, and to a degree, I'm kind of the same way, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, is it a five-year-old, six-year-old black belt? Yeah, among five or six-year-olds, that kid might be a black belt. Yeah. That kind of things. But beyond that, I've, oh, back to the thing. Our Taekwondo schools here that I'm a member of, they came with the kids and they would teach them martial arts, but also they would teach them, uh, do all your homework, uh, make sure your bed is all made up, uh, make sure you clean the room or clean your room, make yeah. sure you do all these other things. And that's what makes you a good martial artist. They would, I hear, literally would hear this in martial arts schools. And i say, no, nah, that doesn't make you a good martial artist. It makes you a good child, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's not going to make you a good martial yeah, artist. Yeah, you, you've, you've, you've hit on something there because, well, we're in the generation where now you have parents who want to be friends with their children instead of being their parents. Mm-hmm. And then they also believe that they can somehow, uh, you know, get, get, parent, get teachers in to teach, teach their children. The core values that they're supposed to teach them as as parents, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. They're paying someone else to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I like. In one way, I look at it and I think to myself, "Well, at least you've got the wherewithal that you realise your child needs this." But at the same time, I'm thinking it's a bit of a dereliction of duty because that's actually your job, yeah. That's the that's the thing. Totally. Yeah, and that that that's the way that's the way it should be. If you're still with me. And we're now 16 shows in. Can you believe that? Wow, awesome, eh? But if you like what you've heard, you want to meet me in person, uh, trust me, that'll be a very underwhelming experience for most of you. But if you want to do that, I know where I'm going to be next year. I'm going to be in Shot. That's when Rick Fay's now got, it, it's hopefully going to be a, an annual camp. Uh, last year was the first year, and it was just a resounding success. But some of you guys, if you want to come into it, if you're interested in Jeet Kune do or Kali, or you're just interested in expanding your skill set, then you're all more than welcome. And if you're interested in coming to Shop, here's a few ways you can do it. You can hit me up on Facebook. You can hit up Brendan Westwood. You'll find him on my friends list. Or you can just go to the Minnesota Kali Group UK. So that's mkguk.com. So guys, if you're interested in coming, it's open to everybody. We talked about children, we talked about, you know, when you're getting into advancing years doing martial arts, right? So what do you think it offers, say, 25 to 35 year old male, mm-hmm. right? And you've had them come into your class, that they're, they're in there to, protect themselves mm-hmm. i want to learn how to protect myself right so when they come in to see you joe what do you what what do you offer them
0: Uh um, i know what you're talking about yeah. like you know they're 35 or 40 year olds and phys- physically they're probably 40 to 45 or 50 years old they're, yeah they haven't done any workouts they haven't kept up their body thing they have, probably have an unhealthy lifestyle and what they do is they're walking in and they're saying to their martial arts instructor heal me yeah, You know, that kind of thing. Okay, I'm broken, fix me. And that's, yeah. uh, and I've seen that quite often. As a matter of fact, yeah, it's the problem with the current system is now. Uh, for my approach, it would be, I try not to make them promises, oh, we can do this for you, we can do that for you. My big thing now, after 40 years of martial arts, is... Uh, I guess, just to backtrack, I no longer try to compete with other people. That's the first level of martial arts, getting yeah. into martial arts because I want to see how good I am. I want to see how much of a badass, kick-ass motherfucker I can be. Yeah. Or, and then the second thing is, okay, I want to make myself better. Uh, you know, this started to try to beat up other people. It's, I'm beyond that. I'm trying to make myself a better martial artist, okay? Yeah. And then once you start acquiring certain years of, of uh, instructional training and some knowledge, okay? Yeah. The next level, which is what I am, I think I'm at now is, okay, I'm this kind of person. What can I do to share what I have and make someone else better? Yeah. So my big thing now is what I enjoy the most satisfaction is if I can take another individual and if they're willing to work with me a little bit, not show them how the good martial arts they can be, but empower them to believe that they got the skills, that if they start feeling good about themselves, that'll just roll over and they'll start doing more and more. So I'm not trying to have them or not trying to show, have confidence in me as your instructor. My biggest thing, thrill, is I can get, okay, I'm going to show you just how good you can be. Yeah. And that thing. So, yeah, I get so much of a thrill trying to empower other students and say, wow, you see that? You you couldn't do that three months ago. Yeah,
1: that's and then going on? Well, that's the thing. That's one of the things I always love when I look on your Facebook because there'll always be, yeah, yeah there's been quite a few testimonials recently where you've helped people out, getting them ready for different testings and stuff. And, you know, I don't know if that's part of your job, Ramir, or, you know, that's just the fact that you're, you're a nice guy and you're like, look, I can help you out here, you know? Yeah. You've got to get some real satisfaction out of that because...
0: It does. There's people here who are now at instructor level that essentially I introduce them to the art... I was in at the very beginning as with their first month or so like that and just kind of helping them out and working out with them and stuff like that. And now some of these people are here in the instructor program and that thing. And they've said before, yeah, I'd like to thank Joe who kind of, uh, you know, introduced me to the art and that stuff. So, so. It uh, it gives me a satisfaction. It's like, okay... Uh, that's part of my legacy is my martial arts. Yeah. Okay, these people are—they're not going to be, you know, extolling my virtues, saying the greatest ever. But at least I know that I had some part in their development, and these people are going to be introducing other people to the arts and so on. So my legacy—I take really good—I take satisfaction out of that.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to pay it forward. When you yeah, find yeah, when yeah. you find something cool, give it to all your friends. Right. That's the thing. So, right now. You know the current state of martial arts. Like we'll take a few. We'll, we'll, I'm just going to throw a few through a few words at you and see where where they come out. So, what's your view views on the UFC?
0: Uh it's good as essentially entertained. I just consider that all physically entertained. I was. I, I remember the original USC one two and three yeah and those fools were killing each other because they had there was no rules there I remember mean, they, they were literally stomping on the head when the guy was down yeah they do an elbow strikes and holding the guys down boom, boom boom I saw a match I can't remember who was in it but the guy had him in like in a Kisekotami. <laughs> and he was. Carrie Kutridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was yeah, hitting yeah. him in the balls while the guy was down. And I, He obviously had a cup on, but it was still it was full power shots. He kept repeating and repeating. And then these guys had come up. Uh, you couldn't tell who won or shot because both heads were just bloody as hell. Yeah. So right then, it, it, it probably had more realism than what is now because then they realized there's some liability there and the rules yeah. changed and they kind of softened it, humanized it. But from my end of it, uh, uh, I consider it more entertainment than martial arts because you know? right. I come from a background that's very traditional Yeah. and the, the martial arts is a perspective of the uh, student as a complete martial artist the appreciation of a uh, pursuit of self excellence uh, that thing so the whole the whole scheme wasn't okay kick this guy's ass
1: make 100,000. Yeah. dollars that, that yeah and that was that was that is what we got in for got in for it. Yeah. Uh, right so reality based martial arts
0: I mean, it's okay. I mean, uh, you probably did, you probably grew up where you know you were in a neighborhood. Where I was too, where there was a lot of uh, gang fights and that kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah, right. when I grew up, it was gang fights, but everything was all uh, punches. I when I was growing up in high school, there were no knives, there were no guns. Everybody just got together and whatever clicks, you know, beating the shit out of each other. But it was all bam 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 bam, and nobody nobody ever got died as a result. Yeah. I remember the first time there was, uh, a single guy was jumped on by a whole bunch of other guys. I can't remember what factions they were, but all of a sudden, this guy, the Palutamoose guy, pulls out a gun. And it's the first time in my freaking life I ever saw a gun. It must have been for everybody else, because they went, whoa! And they all backed <laughs> up around him. And this one guy, I could tell, he was just scared out of his mind, because he kept flipping that gun around in his yeah. His eyes are popping out of his head,
1: and that kind of thing. So no, that was the first time I saw that. It's not the way. It's not the way forward, no, right. So what about martial arts in respect to, say, Taibo? You know what I used
0: to do Taibo was part of my, uh, uh, when I was running running a woman's kickboxing class here. Yeah. So uh, instead of doing uh, the kind of woman's kickboxing classes here that are being taught, I used to have a combination of a very high cardio, intense type of a floor workout, utilizing Thai Bow moves and yes. that kind of a thing. So it was continuous. I just put on some disco music. I would literally run a 20-minute session of nonstop, just crossover punches, converting to elbows, popping a knee and all without stopping to eight counts. Seven, six, five, count down to one, add the elbow, one, two, and, and going yeah. on, it's so a 20-minute workout. The women loved it, but uh, as far as martial, I even told them, you know, this is not martial arts. If you want to learn martial arts, we've got some great phase classes that you can yeah. join if you want a great workout I will make you sweat yeah. so yeah I got the people I got the women who want to do that kind of thing it was a great workout yeah, it really was because I, I was doing it every single class along with them um, yeah I was looking good
1: yeah you <laughs> got in shape yeah. Joe's always in shape right so where do you see yourself go with your martial arts now
0: uh, a little bit of what I'm doing now, but even more so. I think I can influence a whole lot. I'm even doing it now with other people who are just starting. I'm kind of helping them with this. Do our tests here. We have a one-hour club with 60 Minutes of Unlimited Muay Thai training. Yes. I put them in that direction, coach them on what needs to be done. Other tests available. Uh, I'll work out with other groups uh, if they want some help and everything else like that. But it's less me trying to be so intrusive to stick my nose in and say, Oh, no. Follow me. I have all yeah. the experience. But Rather, if I see something, maybe if they allow me, I'll correct it. And if they appreciate it, they'll usually ask me more questions and go on and so forth. Yeah. So my big thing right now is, I guess, my third level as a martial artist is I what I got. I would love to share with other people. Yeah, so that, that's that's,
1: it, that, that's the thing because it really it it just changes lives like immeasurably. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've seen basket cases walk into a gym and come out as like functioning human beings you know yeah, Rick Fay's mission statement we make better more functional human beings mm-hmm. for a better more functional world that's a great that's a great way of looking at Yeah, that's got to be better than working for a living, eh? (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, because if you do it the right way like you're supposed to and you believe in yourself that you're doing it, it's not going to stop with you. Every single person that you do influence and everything else, like I mentioned before, if they turn out to be great martial artists, well, guess what? They're not going to stop there. It's going to continue on, you know? And if you were part of that element in the very beginning, uh, of course
1: you're going to... Pay it it forward, pay it forward. When you saw the Bruce Lee movies growing up, yeah, did, did they influence you? Or? No,
0: not really. I so mean, they were, were your cool. heroes I mean, it was growing yeah. up. Yeah, who your heroes growing up? Uh, man, back then, uh, me and the other guys who were doing the martial arts back in the mid 70s, we would read all the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Black Belt Magazine, Kung Fu Illustrated, uh, what was on at, uh, Taekwondo Times, and everything else yeah. like that. So, all those people back then, uh, these were the black belts out of those magazines were guys like Mike Stone chuck norris joe lewis and everything else so they were actually practicing black belts in these articles uh a long time way before they even started in the movies and yeah stuff, yeah and so i, I
1: taught yeah i taught a seminar uh at, like the biggest martial arts show in europe and joe lewis you know before he passed away yeah. he was teaching there and he, he you know he trained he trained a few times with bruce as well hadn't mm-hmm. he? he was uh, he was uh, way ahead of his time chuck norris everybody knows you know yeah, the, the only person that faced Chuck Norris is the Grim Reaper, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, he's ginger and he's got a beard, you know, and he's, he, My that, favorite he's a little bit of badass.
0: Uh, Chuck Norris never dials the wrong number. You just picked up the wrong phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. Right. So, Joe, it, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up in a minute, right? So is there anyone you'd like to thank for your training?
0: You know what, there's been so many instructors in my life. I I did a little bio here at MKG as an instructor years ago and stuff like that. Yeah, my obvious choice was to thank Sifu Rick and Dan and and that Eric Paulson, who I met back in the middle 80s in the same Taekwondo school in Coon Rapids. He was like 19 or 20 years old back then, before he moved to Los Angeles. So I got to know him then. But there's some other instructors that nobody even knows. My original one's from way back when that had a role in my development and that kind of thing so these are people that i i feel i would not be the kind of martial arts i am now if it wasn't for these guys yeah these there's a the, there's a lot of
1: unsung heroes in martial arts isn't there
0: oh yeah for sure there's people like you know because they were your first I everything mean, else they kind of kind of formed the mold for what you are gonna start out with and yeah, so yeah
1: i i went back to my old karate school recently and taught a seminar for them and yeah, my instructor was like wow when did you get to be good and, I, and I'm thinking uh, I got my first black belt with you by so, accident yeah I don't know I, mm-hmm. uh, did you give me that belt I don't know I don't know here's but, my favorite story my yeah. third martial art was Kaja Kempo
0: and the instructor's name was uh, Doug Hodges, so you know, the, back in Laramie, Wyoming. But then he started his own, another school over in uh, Saratoga, Wyoming, which is about an hour and a half drive. So a few of the students would drive the hour and a half to help us start the school up, teach, help them assist with class and drive back. Every once in a while, in Saratoga, he'd say, you know, I'm gonna buy you guys a beer. So we go to the uh, local hotel bar and everything else like that, and they know, him, hey, Doug, how's it going? He says, y'all, fine. And they say, uh, so you want the Vickers Cup? I said, yeah, yeah, okay, let me have the Vicar's Cup. And this he was—he this also, the uh, Doug Hyde is my instructor. He was an Episcopalian priest. Right. He smoked these huge stogies and everything like that. So the Vicar's Cup, says, oh, it must be this huge, beautiful-looking chalice or something yes. like that. So he ends up coming in, and we order our beers and everything else like that, and they, all they did is sit in front of him. Uh, a pitcher of beer no glass that way and he just grabbed it, cold hand and started glassing <laughs> That's what he was, that cup. was the Vickers cup <laughs> he, he was just chugging the beer right out of the pitcher yeah, that yeah the beer
1: the, 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 if you come to Minneapolis uh, you've got to drink you've got to drink at least one or two summits you've got to have a beer every now and again uh, I think Rick Rick it's one of his requirements now as an instructor i tried I've, I've literally tried but uh
0: my beer thing is, is is I don't I don't like hoppy or bitter beers I tried some I don't no no can do yeah on the other hand a 12 year old single malt scotch I'm your man that's me
1: well there you are that will wrap that up on that so if any of you guys want to buy Joe Madrid anything for Christmas a good 12 year old bottle of scotch will work well all right Joe thanks for your time man all Thank right you Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday, and on next week's show we've got this. Yeah, we 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 did uh, we did thirty six rounds, thirty six rounds, yeah. thirty six rounds, yeah. and we run out of time because they would have kept killing the gym us. So we up. actually run out of time. Let <laughs> me tell you, that was the worst and
0: best thing I've ever yeah. done in
1: my life you can listen to all our interviews on Mixed Martial Mixed Martial Arts theme tune is written and performed by Catalina Kicks Mixed Martial Arts is our Paint Your Headphones production wow.